How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, everyone. This is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season 5 of Pero Let Me Tell You. pandemic doesn't mess up our anniversary because we were going to do this whole 100 you know party yeah. last time around and our 100th episode would have been in march of 2020 <laughs> we know how that went down so oh yeah welcome everybody welcome to episode 198 of pero let me tell you hey. and this is dj and today Ish is out. He's on a mountain adventure, as we call, and filling in for uh, Ish to uh, guest host with us today is one of my favorite people, Darwin Figueroa from Fresh or Fresh or Quebola Podcast. Hey, what's up, my dog? Oh, How yeah. you doing? Welcome back. For those of you who've been following us from the beginning, you should know Darwin. Darwin, you've been on our show. Two I think times, twice. Twice. Yeah. This is my thrice. Yeah, you first were a guest, and then you were a co-host, yeah. and then we were on your podcast yes. on um, yes. on Quebola. I have to tell you that uh, I think last week or two weeks ago, I was on YouTube, okay. but YouTube on like my TV, All right. and under my suggested videos, 
our our video came out and i was like Damn. shit that's me on like the <laughs> screenshot you know and i was like oh shit and i saw the interview i haven't seen it in a while that's wild that was in 2019 yeah I believe. Like 2019 i know what it is because of my hair <laughs> like yeah. i know what season we were in because of you know that so but yeah, yeah that's wild. thank you so much for for filling in um thank you for inviting me man thank so, you for of having course, me of course so um how is everybody we hope you had a great week um a lot went on this week, so... A lot has been going on. A lot has been going on, yeah, so... it's crazy. Thank you so much, Darwin, for venturing out here to my side of town. The Kendall. hood. The hood. As... The hood. <laughs> Oye, were you careful coming into the hood, the hood of Kendall? So, hood of Kendall. So, listeners, for... <laughs> we had to start with this, right? Like, we had to. That's the thing I died. So, for 100%. those of you who, um, I don't know, maybe we're under a, under a rock, a rock yeah. uh, this week, um, Alex Rodriguez, yeah. A-Rod, was doing a podcast uh, earlier this week that, or at least it premiered earlier this week, mm -hmm. uh, the Pivot Podcast, yeah. um, where he was talking about investment, and he was saying how he grew up in the hood, the hood of Kendall, <laughs> and... You know, obviously, if you are not from South Florida, that has absolutely no context. So you think that, you know. You're uh, imagining the hood. Right. You're like imagining what the hood is. The hood, you know. Ahorita, A-Rod yeah. is going to say that he grew up in Compton, you know. 100%. Like, um, He's going to do a, una película now. Oh, Somebody's writing a script. My life, my life in, the in the hood. hood. In the hood of Kendall. Kendall. So, but obviously, South Florida, Dade County, Miami, Twitter blew up. Up yeah, with crazy. this bullshit, it blew up, and um, everybody was like talking about, pero de que habla este hombre, like we have a cheesecake factory in like yeah. Kendall, you know, there's like a, the a Chick fil A, you know, like obviously, if you know Miami, you know that Kendall is not Kendall the hood. So, no hood. what do we think of that? Like, do you think, I, he, mean, I mean, bro, honestly, he's he, I think he was just like trying to make his origin story sound enticing. Right. So, like, you add a little bit of danger and spice in there by saying you came from the hood. But you didn't come from the motherfucking hood, bro. Like, everybody, like, you should have, if you were going to say I came from the hood, you could have been, like, you could actually name the hood and, like, right. at least said some bullshit right. like that. Right. But uh, the hood from Kendall, then everybody's going to call you out because, like, yo, that's not a hood. So, right. the little bullshit-ass danger that you playing in your head that you had he might have had a street fight one time or something right. she scrapped it out with some guy down the block and now he thinks that he grew up disenfranchised in the right, hood in the hood or or or, or be that if he would have grown up hood adjacent like yeah I don't know, a la pata or yeah. something like that i mean yes exactly bro. because you know there's certain there's certain areas like you know Hialeah, I love Hialeah, you know. Yeah. But there are certain parts of Hialeah or that get dicey. That yes. Yeah. But that's and and we love Hialeah, yeah. you know. But Kendall is not one yeah, of those not places. Even close. <laughs> like, not even. No. I mean the, the the most dangerous part of Kendall that I've ever traversed were like these apartments on 147 that were like they were probably like Section Eight housing, and there was a lot of like people who were who were. Uh, living like a gangster lifestyle in there, and they were trapping out of there. That's the most I ever experienced hood in Kendall. But that wasn't even like no actual hood, bro. Right. That was just like just going to like some apartments and buying some weed off some guy, right? That was the hood. That's, of that's as hood as it gets. That's as hood as it um, gets. You know, and, and the guy and, has like a day job at Walmart down the street. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I I think that what you said is is true in terms of his origin story because you know there's nothing about the A Rod story. 
And that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah. that puts him like in a special situation because first of all he's caribbean folk which yeah. everybody down here it's is caribbean, caribbean folk yeah. or at least central american you know yeah. like he 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 here he was a majority he yeah. was not a minority yeah. growing up in south florida so it's not like when well, i'm the only like puerto rican or dominican you know in wisconsin or in nebraska yeah no he was you're like, like one against many here bro you're like one in arroz yeah so like Twitter and like social media blew up. Lucy Lopez was all over that. Oh, yeah, that. I saw what Lucy was talking about. Yeah, she yeah. was all over that. Like, you know, I have to say that. I, do you follow uh, baseball? I, I kind of follow baseball. It's, I mean, to be honest with you, too, baseball to me is like hella fucking boring to watch. Yeah. It's really fun to play mm-hmm. while you're like actually playing it. Rest of the time is just like nah, bro. Like so, we never we never really talk about sports on on the podcast. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much our listeners would like sports, but it's just not really into sports. And I feel that sports is one of these things that like both people to talk about it. You gotta somewhat be in it or yeah. understand it. So we never really talk about sports here. But I'm a really big Yankees fan. Like I always okay. have been, you know, because prior to the Marlins, you it know, the Yankees, you rooted for the Yankees yeah. if you were in South Florida. Um, so I, I'm a really big Yankees fan. I've been to New York to see them play in Yankee Stadium and all okay. that. And freaking A-Rod is one of these people that if you're a Yankees fan, you just you hate. Because like I mean, he was such a cancer to that organization. You know, and his you know, his accolades as a player, you can't take that away from him. But he was so he was such an ass and he he was very much disliked by real fans. And, you know, he one of my problems with him is that I, 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 you know, we could have a conversation about like, you know, PEDs, steroids. steroids and PEDs yeah. in, in, in sports yeah. and in baseball in particular and what to do with it and, you know, how we're going to handle that. But my, my, my problem with him is that so many great baseball players, whatever, admitted to this, they walked the walk, they were like, shit, you know, and they came clean or like they had a redemption tour, yeah. like, you know. He freaking never admitted to anything. He yeah. brought everybody down with him. Porque él, when that ship was sinking, he yeah. he brought everybody down with him. And then, rather than taking a piece of humble pie and being like, okay, you know, they got me. Yeah. Let, let's just... He starts freaking dating Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. you know, and now they're America's sweetheart couple. I said together? Nah. Oh, nah, okay. no. no. <laughs> That, no, she's with Ben Affleck now again. Oh yeah, yeah, bro. I, I, it's better for better for two point Just so you know that how much I fucking give a flying fuck who Jennifer Lopez is, yeah. is dating. Yeah, yeah, I I, I stopped I, I stopped caring after Diddy. I, I mean, shit, dude. No, but the people, the people, the guy's literally he's doing P, he's done like his entire. And his t- entire career is just like a PR thing, right? Yeah, it's like he's not trying to just play the baseball and let that speak for itself. He's also trying to like persuade everybody as to like what his story is and like how how hard he had it or whatever. It's like he's trying to do a movie, right? Right. And he's always trying to play that in the media, and that's why like he never admitted to the PDs or any of that mm-hmm. because he that would have like completely shattered the image that he has of himself. He's like this narcissist that, that is yep. like the yep. ping. So it's like yep. he can't even shatter his own reality. By saying, yeah, I did PEDs. I wonder if he admits it to himself. He probably tells no. himself. Like, yeah, he, he's probably, he's like, no. No, like, no, I, I, I never, know. no, those weren't PEDs. I, I took a pre-workout. Exactly. <laughs> I took C4. He tells, <laughs> shit to, he tells himself some shit so he could deal, deal with it. 
tells himself that he came out of the hood so he could yeah, fucking yeah. pretend like he has this badass origin yeah. story. Like, nah, bro. Yeah. Like, but sometimes, I like, I, yeah. sometimes I think when, like, celebrities meten la pata así, like, you know, for example, him yeah. with calling Kendall the hood. It's like, do you, especially in this day that everybody, everything that people say is, like, m like looked under a microscope, you know? And, and And, yes. And, like, even things you said 20 years ago come back to haunt you. Like, yeah. You know, it's like, did he think like nobody was going to notice that like that was just going to slide through? You know, I mean, it probably it did slide through for the rest of the nation, though. You know, it's something that Miami blew up on because we're 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 privy to the knowledge that like, yeah, Kendall ain't the hood, B. Yeah. It was, it's like we know yeah. this. Yeah. But I mean, the rest of the country just took it like, oh, yeah. Uh, a Rod grew up in the hood, like yeah. nah, bro. Or no, and 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 then you know it does such a disservice to people who did grow up in the yes, hood yes. and had to like overcome that. Yes, and, and really, I you mean, know, were marginalized people that like had to work twice as hard to get out from that. But no, 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 A Rod. See that crazy shit, bro. Trying to steal somebody else's accolades because that's something that you actually have to like. If you grow up really grow up in the hood. You really go through a lot of adversity, right? Of course. A lot of things that, and a lot of opportunities aren't provided to you. Of course. That that are just, and, and he's trying to take that, like, shield from those people to, like, big himself up to make, through PR, to make himself look better. Like, yeah. you see that kind of bullshit that is? <laughs> like, that is... Dude, that's appropriation to the next Dude, level. I, I think dog. that if he ever if he yeah, ever yeah. writes his autobiography, it'll probably be under fiction. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. It has to be under fiction because he's not gonna talk about taking PDs. Right. Or, or it could be like inspired by true events, but it's like a whole different yeah, story, like, you know? Come on, guy. Yeah. So yeah. oh yeah, now that we're speaking about Miami, mm. um I wanted to kind of chat with you. Because mm. I don't know how how into this you are or not into it. Yeah. So this week here in Miami, mm -hmm. we had the Bitcoin World Conference. Yeah, I saw that. At South Beach in the Miami Beach Convention Center. He, of course, was Francis Suarez, Bitcoin bro, yeah. you know, all over the place. Miami's going to be the new, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, Bitcoin bro. And all these literal Bitcoin bros from yeah. around the world in their yachts and all this stuff. And they had, they even debuted, like, you know, the... Um, the bull in Times Square. Yeah. They debuted one here and they put it in front of the convention center, but it's the crypto bull. It's a crypto bull. Yes. What is it built? Like, what it, is it's, like? it's black and like the eyes, I think, light up. It's like a little, it's a little techie. Okay. So what do we think about this? What, what, what do you know? What do you think about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin and all that stuff? Like, what's your feeling on this? Because, you know, you're always very much in Man, touch with the pulse of things. To be honest with you, I've been into crypto from the beginning from the very beginning 2012 i've been amassing crypto and i've been into it okay good i'm glad you say that yeah so explain in a simplest terms as you can yeah exactly what cryptocurrency is all right so basically imagine like a, a ledger that the whole world has access to okay so basically like a big ass spreadsheet that everybody has access like to. Like an Excel spreadsheet. Excel spreadsheet that everybody has access to. Okay. Once something gets put on there, it can't be changed. Or it's very hard, extremely hard for it to be changed. So something's placed in the in the in in a blockchain, one of the blockchains, right? One of the spreadsheets, it's it's calculated, it's where everybody could see it, and it's very easily uh it's very hard to manipulate that that information. Okay. Now currencies 
run off of that platform. It's cryptocurrencies, basically. So there's cryptocurrencies. So like uh, Bitcoin that has its own ledger, has its own blockchain, and it has its currency. ADA, Cardano, has its own ledger, has its own like spreadsheet, Mm -hmm. um, and it has its own currency. Okay. Uh, Ethereum has its own like ledger, has its own everything, has its own currency. You could use the currency um, to to do things within that app, within that ecosystem. You could trade the currencies for other currencies um, with other ecosystems. Um, and you could stake the currency. You could use it as like as like a stake for to make more money, like as an interest on the currency. Mm-hmm. But it's basically digital money, right? Okay. Um, I've always loved cryptocurrencies from the very inception when I learned about it. My first podcast, actually, with Kewala Podcast, was this guy that I brought in who was a cryptocurrency where I created created a cryptocurrency exchange here in South Florida, like Mm -hmm. to 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 talk in real life about cryptocurrency. I've always had one huge, huge like reservation about cryptocurrency, Mm -hmm. and that is the ecological impact that it has. I actually was reading about actually before we get that. So let me let me backtrack a little bit. Mm. Because here's the thing about cryptocurrency and me. Mm. I consider myself somewhat intelligent. Like okay. I'm not un analfabeto, you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. And I have read about this and read about this and read about this and like I, I, I have difficulty wrapping my head around it in terms maybe I'm approaching it wrong mm. in terms of like everyday currency. Right. Maybe that's the problem, because I hear so many people talking about cryptocurrency as like, oh, that's going to replace your, your you know, money, your yeah. tangible money and, yeah. your, you know, a, a dollar and whatever. Yeah. And I have a little bit of a problem sort of like understanding how that is. So if, I, if what you're if I'm understanding what you're saying in terms of the ledger, it's sort of like, let's say, a Google sheet, which is a yeah. ledger that everybody could see if it's open. Yeah. So I could go in there. And be like, oh, Darwin has whatever amount. Well, of- you could, you could, depending on the currency, right? Some currencies have like those are some features that you could like be anonymous. Your name could be anonymous, but like what was exchanged, the amount of currency is shown, or it could some also have that even that is 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 anonymous. So, but in the vast majority, yeah, you could see like this address, which is your name, okay, because that's how you keep your cryptocurrency through an address, or you keep it somewhere. That address. Put, uh, will exchange this amount of cryptocurrency with this address. And that's everybody's visible. So, everybody so in that. terms of different currencies, mm-hmm. like Bitcoin is a is a, is a certain currency. currency. Like what they tried to do here, Miami coin, yeah, would have been a different currency. currency. It is. But wasn't it the whole thing coin. was, wasn't <laughs> the whole thing was that there was going to be like one universal currency? No. Okay. And that's why it would be easier? Well, the thing is that cryptocurrencies... This is the learn section of the show, people. <laughs> Cryptocurrencies are are definitely going to replace actual fiat money, but it's not anytime soon like everybody says it is. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, it's probably like a 15-year-out type of uh, exit strategy, right? And what it's going to be is going to be like a digital dollar, right? It's going to be a crypto dollar. So it's like the United States, probably the, the Federal Reserve is probably going to create its own dollar. The Chinese are actually t- starting it right now. They've already tried their the CCP dollar uh, coin. And as a as a matter of fact, I see this uh, this uh, Olympics thing you have up here. In the Olympics, I don't know if anybody knew this, but like Visa was 
the sponsor of the Olympics that had the only they could only be the one that transacted any any kind of uh, services at the Olympics. Right. They have that iron clad clause. They've had it for years. This year, since the Olympics was in China, China said, fuck that. If you're going to have the Olympics in China, you're going to have to allow us to use the CCP uh, currency, the, 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 the digital dollar in the village. And it's the first time that Visa had to acquiesce to fucking China, bro. Okay, but I guess my my question is, yeah. So okay, so you're saying that the Chinese already um, doing it, already doing it, and eventually you could say that let's say the United States is going to have its own currency. Mm -hmm. So what? Because I understand the concept of digital money, of having a digital bank account, mm -hmm. right? You have ten thousand dollars, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need tangible money in a, in a, in, a, in a way you could already you could already live that lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? Paying through Google Pay or you Apple could. Pay yeah. or even through a debit card, right? Yeah. You you never have I to. Mean, have, a lot of people live that way, right? You never have to have tangible money, fiat money, right? So, w I, what is the big advantage of having? A cryptocurrency if we can already sort of and that's now obviously in the future yeah. it'll probably be more streamlined mm -hmm. we already can live in a cashless society in well, terms of tangible money well, the very the first blaring like big ass positive is that you don't have banks in the middle because it's this this big ass ledger so you don't have banks having to transact your money right now. You have to have a bank to transact okay. your money. Right. So like, if I want to send somebody money in Colombia right now to my family in Colombia, I either got to go, got to go through Western Union, a middleman, right. or through a bank, a wire, through a middleman who's gonna hit Western me. Western Union, something like that. Some, yeah, somebody like that who's gonna hit me for a fee, a crazy amount of fee, right. and then it's gonna take a long ass time for them to get that money over there. Maybe like a day, a day or two, you know, depending on where it's at. Cryptocurrency is like right here, right now. I exchange this with you. I put in this address. You get the address. The block gets uh, the block gets created. Mm -hmm. Basically, like everybody verifies that what's happening is real. It gets put into the block. It gets cemented in there, and it's done. That's it. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a middleman in the middle between my money and who I'm trying to exchange it with. Okay. That's what cryptocurrency basically is: the liberation of money, right? So and all and, but, and the whole thing with the World Bank and all that, all that bullshit, right? So like right now, Venezuela doesn't have actual like money. You're either transacting in dollars or in crypto, and Venezuela's blowing up with crypto because it's easy as fuck for them to get paid in cryptocurrencies, and they don't have to deal with this bullshit ass dollar that Maduro does. So what Maduro has been doing, the government of Venezuela, is they're like trying to crank down on people who are mining and doing all these things because. They they know that they're losing power. Like you don't have you don't have a centralized power if money is free to exchange hands between anybody. Like I could send money to somebody in Africa right now through like a cryptocurrency, like no problem, right? They have a phone, I have a phone, boom, we have internet. I could you could send me whatever the fuck you want to I buy off of you and I send you the cryptocurrency. And then you get the cryptocurrency. It cryptocurrencies float like anything else. Dollar floats. The dollar's based every day. I'm seeing FX right now. I was watching Bloomberg. The dollar's going going up right now, right? The dollar goes up. Why? Because things are happening in Ukraine. The uh, oil's going up, et cetera, et cetera. The dollar's goes up. So it floats. Same thing. Cryptocurrencies float the same way. It's just that the way that cryptocurrencies float are crazy as fuck because they're brand new. So they haven't been established and there's no like actual track. There's no line to say, okay, this is normally how it goes. That's what dollars are. If not, dollars would be like shooting up and down if nobody knew what the dollar was going to do next, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's backing that? So it's, it's basically the same shit. What, what 
made you because you said like 2012 so about yeah. 10 years yeah. what made you like get into that like what did you see about it that really called your attention uh that i knew it was gonna be the future like i as as soon as i saw it i played it out in my head and i was like that's gonna be a future unfortunately like i was young and dumb so i bought shit and then i sold it bought and sold it but i mean I don't even want to think about like if I had kept what I had mm -hmm. because I would literally be in stratosphere right now in another situation completely right. financially. Right. But even but, but even back then I was fiddling with it because right. I knew I understood this is the future. Like anybody who who understands any way any forms of like economics or finance understands that the biggest thing between one person and another is like the shells that we send each other, right? Like it used to be shells. It used to be salt, right? Whatever we use as a fiat mm -hmm. currency to exchange with each other. And money just doesn't give you that, like fiat money controlled by central banks doesn't give you that that simple liquidity like right. that's, that, that stress free. There's a process. There's a process. There's no chains and on that. And then there's, there's all these... Regulations, all these regulations all like you bullshit. can't send more than ten thousand dollars. Exactly. And, and if you send more than ten thousand, you gotta write out this whole entire form and get, yo, cryptocurrencies, no, bro. Like, and there's no way you're gonna stop that. Right. There's literally no way. It's the genie's out of the bottle. Like, you might try to get everybody to use your cryptocurrency, the a digital dollar or some shit. They might be able to. They might try to like ban other currencies that doesn't mean that people are not going to start what, keep what, on transacting what, in that talk shit. to us a little bit because i actually was reading about that this week and again it's not something i had i had i knew about because i don't know a lot about cryptocurrency mm. um what but i did read what you said about the eco, um, um environmental yeah. issues yeah. what what are the environmental issues <sighs> they're huge because they're you would huge. think oh you know not tangible money how no. is that you know bad no that's the biggest problem like being a, I'm from Miami-Dade County, but born and raised, you know, I love this fucking city. But like, I, I read from this book, um, man, I'm blanking. This guy who, um, my boy, Ariza, um, he wrote this book, Disposable City. And in the book, he has this line that says, the, the city that I love will soon be underwater. And that that stays that's like grabado in my in my conscience. Miami? Yeah, he's, oh, he's speaking oh, of I'll, Miami. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Yeah. How, how so like good. anybody, bro? If you guys are listening, I highly recommend you go get this book. It's called Disposable City, uh, Miami's uh, climate change shores on the climate change. I'm sorry, I'm fucking up the title, but it's called Disposable City and Mario Ariza. and it's basically just telling you flat out how Miami's gonna be underwater like in the next thirty years. It's gonna start coming out like slowly but surely because it's not going to be like one day a big ass wave is going to not in Kendall over. because you know oh, it's fucked. <laughs> Kendall Doral that shit if you have some Doral property I hope you sell that shit within the next 30 years mm -hmm. if you have Kendall property sell it within the next 30 years same shit there's going to be five or seven neighborhoods in South Florida that are going to be like continuously flooded right where it's going to be like maybe four or five days out of the week your fucking shit is flooded. We could use a jet ski to get to Miami Beach yeah. and just go through Miami Beach. Literally. And like crypto is horrible for that because you have to mine these coins. And what that requires is a shit ton of electricity for all these computers to, to do all these algorithms to mine the coin. So when you mean mine the coin, is that like equivalent to it's not the same to like, let's say one of these buildings that are like the databases for like the a cloud. No, no. Okay, so when you get a coin, the way you you mine it is 
there's an incentive for you to for you to make sure that those things on the ledger are 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 proper are real right so there's a transaction on the ledger um somebody has to verify that that transaction is real the way that you verify it is you have to go through the, like these complex algorithms right through these like complex mathematical equations you use computers to do that right the the mining is the incentive is like them incentivizing people to go out and buy these equipment to to verify those transactions um and and get a little coin in return that's mining so that is what requires a shit ton of en uh, energy and electricity because you you can't do you're competing against other people so they have you have one little computer right with one processor and you're doing your one equation compared to a guy who has fucking farms literally maybe like four or five acres of computers all connected trying to make that same equation and finish that block so whoever wins first gets the incentive of the of the extra coin that gets mined out of the cryptocurrency so that's that's what requires a shitload of energy right and that is so harmful for the end for the like the fact that cryptocurrency is a big hype it's all this but it cannot be like is it does not translate to like everyday transactions because of the fact that it couldn't for the that amount of energy to require to mine all those fucking transactions would be astronomical right now it's just like they have the, a little bit of a, like actual mining and they already consume more than like more more energy than like germany right wow i yes i actually read that i actually read that um it's back that's right everyone the youth fair is back and 2022 is its 70th anniversary parece mentira the youth fair turned 70 in 2022 okay no 70 year old has ever been this much fun that's right it's got over 120 rides attractions and shows not to mention our favorite the food mm, elephant ear corn on top, and some of our newer soon-to-be favorites like deep fried flan bites and churro s'mores anyone i can't think past the deep fried flan bites i mean say. i get it i totally get it yeah. <laughs> ck get to the youth fair from thursday march 17th through sunday april 10th to be part of the celebration and visit fairexpo.com for more info or tickets remember be, be there, there the fair, fair. Just like that's nuts to to actually kind of um piggyback to what something you said about miami being a disposable city and flooding so for many years i lived in downtown mm -hmm. and i lived right across the arena actually okay and <clears throat> the buildings that are there that's called the biscayne block right yeah. um there's five buildings there now marina um, blue marina blue that's where i lived okay. Nine, biscayne 900 yeah. 900 biscayne 10 museum park 1000 museum, museum park marquee yeah. all those if you notice all those buildings to the street level, you have to go upstairs. Yeah, you gotta go up. Yeah. You have to go upstairs to get to the lobby of the building. Yeah. And that's because all those buildings were designed with flooding in mind. Yeah. So, for example, Marina Blue um, it has its elevator bays, but then it has another elevator. It's only one mm. shaft that is above the, the water line. The, yes. Yeah. In the event there's flooding, you could use that. That's why the Perez Art Museum yeah. and the Planetarium that yeah. were built across the street, yeah, if right, you notice, right. they're on stilts. Yeah. The parking is, under. is underneath. So yeah. if it floods, yeah. the water will go to the parking lot. Yeah. And that sort of blew my mind that all those buildings around there, since they're literally on the bay, they're, they're already planning that. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. but how about all the other buildings that are surrounding? Right, no, no, because because I think obviously there's gonna be a transition <laughs> period, sort of like in, in Miami Beach when they have like the the what do they call it, the high tide or the yeah, red tide yeah. that Alton Road floods. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those buildings are from like the '50s and yeah. older. So I either there's two inches of water, yeah, la casa está llena de agua. But these buildings prepared for it. Uh, but going back to what you're saying about the cryptocurrency, look, my. I, I, look, I don't have an issue with technology whatsoever. Yeah. I love technology. I, I wouldn't consider myself like a tech nerd, yeah. but I do follow tech. Mm. My thing with cryptocurrency is that I, I look at the past. I look mm. at, and I know this is a little bit different, but I look at other technologies that once they came out, mm. there was a, a, a minute there or a moment of kind of accessibility. And once it took off, it took off. Mm. Like, the iPhone, you know, the internet, yeah, right? Yeah. Because I remember in the early 90s, the first time I heard about internet was Prodigy Internet. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. I mean, yes, yeah, the internet technically has existed since the 70s, yeah. but the first time that I could recall that it was, it was, um, accessible yeah. to common everyday people was yeah. Prodigy. Yeah. That I remember I was like, I don't even know what that is, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Prodigy was kind of like, Sort the of the, the beginning, and yeah. then AOL came in, yeah. and boom, and yeah. we've never looked back. Yeah. And you could say that about a lot of different technologies or inventions, uh, but I feel that with crypto, again, that's why I say, like, I sort of consider myself an intelligent person, and I yeah. read and read and read this, and, and you like, can't get it. it's hard for me to grasp. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that for this to become really a, a, a currency, mm -hmm. people have to understand it. And yeah. when you have to explain something to people over and over again, I, 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 I question how accessible it is. And also, I mean, yes, a lot of people say now you can't buy anything with cryptocurrency uh, or very few things. That's something that could always be changed, mm -hmm. right? You know, yeah. because uh, there was a point where you couldn't buy anything with Google Pay, and yeah. now you can buy most things. So I don't even see that as a problem. I just see that, you know, I, I see a few issues. I see that first from what I've from what I've uh, mm -hmm. I've read that the people already in invested in this, these Bitcoin Bros, are all millionaires. Yeah, yeah, they're saturating the market. They're controlling this. I mean, well, the the reality is that okay. So right now we're like. We're not early adopters, right? But we're like kind of getting out of the early adopter phase. There's still a lot of ways to go for crypto. So like, don't think like because you don't have any crypto now, you don't have an opportunity to like blow up. You go at any point, even with the internet right now, you could create a crazy ass site and you could be the next one that blow up. Look at like Huffington Post came out of nowhere, right? This lady fucking put a blog up, this shit. Fucking, Huffington. And now it's like the fucking number one post. Like, so it's like even the internet after right. it's after its exception and, and it was mainstream, it was still a tool that you could blow up. I just think that. And you know, this is gonna be on recording, so you could use this recording ten years from now and be like, yeah. Oh yeah, DJ was full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kinda like that. What what was that that um video they always put of Katie Couric in like oh, yeah. what is the internet? What is the internet? Yeah, Which is. it's so funny that she said that in ninety five. Yeah. Because in ninety five I feel things were already coming out. Yeah, yeah there like, was already AOL and all that, yeah, but, but that's whatever. So I was like being dumb. I was like, Coño, you you well, really were under uh, a rock. But bueno, um a I just feel that like there's a lot of things that have to happen. Oh, a hundred. I agree with you there. Before you yeah. know, and, and the way that you know a lot of people like Francis Suarez makes yeah. this sound. It's like yeah. no, no, no. Cryptocurrency is here. Like well, it's you know here, what, Francis you know? Suarez is one of those people who just like speaks to the people that he wants to get attention from, right? 
So he's not he doesn't give a fuck about the everyday constituent of Miami of uh, city of Miami. That's a hundred percent facts. Like he told everybody, like if you can't afford to live here, find a better job right. that pays you better or whatever the fuck. Like that's literally right. telling me, me vale verga, what the fuck where you live right. or that you're a constituent here if you don't make money. So he's right. he's just talking to the audience that he that he wants to get attention right. from, which are the crypto bros, so they that he just feeds them all this hype crap, right? And tries to bring them over here. Right. Now, the whole environmental impact of it, tampoco le importa al tipo, because, like, if he doesn't care, they're building, like, developers are destroying the city and, the, and like, in every way, shape, or form environmentally. What is he going to care about some right. fictional crypto environmental right. impact? You know, I'm <laughs> glad you're talking about this because this is something I wanted to sh- sort of shift in. And, and I think you're a great person to have this conversation with. And you're even wearing your Miami hat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, my Miami so, yeah. One of the things that sort of really angers me with him in particular is everything you just said. Because I, I I understand that as a leader, a mayor, an elected official, whatever, you you know, there's a certain part of that job that you have to be innovative and you have to look in the future because you do, I, I agree, mm-hmm. you do have to, if you're a mayor of a city like Miami, you do want to put Miami in the future and you yeah. do want to, you know... Because that, that's a problem that's happened with so many cities and municipalities that like the Rust Belt, the Midwest, that yeah. stayed with manufacturing and they put all their eggs in a basket. And, and they stayed stale. And they stayed stale, exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I, don't, I don't fault him for that. My issue with him, and not only him, but a lot of city leaders, is for example, right now there's a, hu- there's a huge housing crisis everywhere, yeah. but especially in Miami, because in Miami, you know, we're one of the, the cities that has the lowest income. Um, a lot of the people that work here work in the service industry, which are not like the higher paying jobs. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's been in the news everywhere. Rent here has like doubled, tripled yeah. um, in, in a matter of like one to two years. Uh, places like Hialeah mm-hmm. were like the last bastion of places that you could live and have a decent home and your kids go to okay schools and you could still pay cheap rent yeah. you know you could have rent in a two-bedroom apartment for a thousand bucks no no right no no more no no <laughs> dude so i think i've said this story here in a podcast in the podcast last year um me and a, and a, and a colleague of mine we um there was this guy that we knew that he really needed help and it's a long story but we tried finding him an efficiency mm-hmm. in hialeah okay and i don't know why i was under this false like presumption yeah. that you know efficiencies were still like 500 bucks <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know why i thought that you know um and dude we started like calling places and going looking for first yeah. of all efficiencies are not efficiencies anymore it's a bedroom yeah with a bathroom yeah an efficiency would be you know you would have That's a little space privacy yeah you would have like a bedroom and yeah. a little space and you'd have a little table to put your microwave on whatever but now it's like literally a bedroom that they put an outside door to right um and they were like a thousand dollars twelve hundred dollars and what i found incredible was that and i got this question more than once Mm -hmm. so it's not coincidence right people would ask us oh is he retired and I'm yeah. here thinking, like, actually, he is. Thinking that's an that's incentive, good, right? Yeah. You don't want, you know, freaking a 21-year-old here partying and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, nosotros no queremos personas retiradas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but why? And they're like, because that means they're going to be here all day. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, 
on top of that, you're renting out a freaking, you know, 10 by 10 room for $1,000 a month. Okay. You have a problem with the person being there, you know, all day in the room that they are paying you for. It's like, come on, come on. I mean, that's South Florida, though. That's 100% South Florida has has never given a fuck about the common person, right? Like, it's one of those, it's a city that you come to throw your anchor and you could work hard and if you know how to navigate it properly you could come up out of it right but of the vast majority of people don't have the 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 time to to get those skill sets and to learn that so they stay in the same hole and like that's where that's where like the different disenfranchisement comes in because like you have different Different that people. A Rod was a victim of. Yeah, exactly. Like a fucking the hood guy, right? Like it's it's hundred. It's crazy. Like you have different. You have different parts of the city that run in different worlds. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like the the other day, I have the opportunity to have to to rent a, a a boat. So I rented a boat with some friends, and we're like out in the water and chilling and relaxing by the beach downtown, all this, and we're just like looking at the massive mansions, right? That are like lining the entire bay, right? All of these, all these mansions that are like 20, 30 million dollars fucking a piece. Yeah. This is another world where these people live, right? They're not concerned at all with what's going on with the laborer or the daily person, right? The politician's supposed to be the one who represents the people and be right. concerned with that. But in, in South Florida, we have a disconnect because politicians are owned by the developers, right? So that's why, like, the guy in Hialeah, the guy who's trying to make his money and trying to come up, doesn't have anybody championing him, you know, like, right. at, at all. Like, dude, okay, so, like, politicians in South Florida, South Florida has been one of those crazy-ass cities, right? So, we're like, cocaine used to run it back in the 80s. Um, <laughs> and guess what? The who, were the who were the lords of the politicians in the 80s were the cocaine guys? Right? Of course. They're the ones who built Miami. They're the ones who built Miami, but they were also the ones who ran the city, like, they... Mm-hmm. Seleccionaban el alcalde, like everything. Oh, yeah, see, it wasn't until I saw Cocaine Cowboys, the first documentary, that I remember being a kid in the 80s, and there's something that documentary says that's true. There were so many banks. Yeah. Like, there was like a different bank in every every corner. Yeah. You thought it was so normal. (laughs) Dude, like, why is there so many? Like, that's how you thought South Florida, like, everything was. Mm -hmm. But, like, back then, the drug lords ran the politicians, and now the developers run the politicians. Oh, for sure. So, like, basically, it's been a good thing for the politicians because before they used to get killed. Yeah. Now they just get, like, right. a couple of tweets get sent so out and they, they look did it Miami Beach with the Duville Hotel. Oh, yeah, they're knocking it down. Yeah, and that's, like, so, you know, all that architecture is supposed to be yeah. saved. Nah, no but, more. But not no more. And then <laughs> they're... Money, bro. No, and especially, like, something like the beach, there's only a limited amount of, yeah, of space, space and yeah. it's all taken. They're doing that now with... um in Miami Beach with the Castle Beach Club. Okay. I, I don't know if you know. That's where we're Collins Curves right after yeah, 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 yeah. Ete, Fountain Blue. Mm-hmm. It's that white building there. Okay. And that place was... That place has been remodeled and all that. But it, it, it's like a complex that a regular person can own a studio there yeah. and have a beachfront property. Yeah. And now they, they're, it's I forget which developer wherever. wants to buy it yeah. to build, you know, multi-million dollar. Yeah. Probably George Perez. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, George Perez. 500 so, million, I think yeah, he offered yeah. it. Was. And, and, and uh, I don't know if you, if you've looked at like a lot of the buildings are doing now mm-hmm. that breach the aquifer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Aguirre has been all over that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, oh, one time for Louis Aguirre, bro. <laughs> yeah. He has been on that shit 100%. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, it's crazy because like, dude, there's no way that we're going to walk away from this unscathed. Yeah. Like literally everybody's going to pay. So let's, okay. Let me, let me, let me tell you something. I know somebody who works in sewer and water. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very like prestigious position in the sewer and water. We're having this conversation the other day, like at a private party. And the person told me straight up, like, yeah, we're going to be on the water. Like, everybody knows we're going to be on the water. There's nothing that we could do. And that, so that's the starting line. The starting line is, yes, we are going to be underwater. So, like, you have this preoccupation and you have, like, all these worries. Don't worry, bro, because we already know we're going to be underwater. So let's start, <laughs> let's start the conversation no, with, what I think is we're going to be underwater about that and. Is that it's not like, well, no, we're going to be underwater and, like, 300 years no right this could be maybe in our lifetimes oh, or yeah. in our kids lifetimes no it's sure. definitely gonna be in our kids lifetimes yeah without a doubt it's gonna be like continuous it's, and it's not gonna be the flooding that people think like flooding like oh like the whole streets are flooding no it's yeah. like every single time it rains no I, not deep impact that you know yeah exactly it's gonna be like <laughs> tsunami comes. it rains there's a water a foot of water estancado in your street for a day the next day it rains the same foot of water still there is not going anywhere and now you might have a little charco going into your house right. and that is the continuous continue and guess what now your fucking foundation and your houses and everything's getting right. molded right. and then the, and insurance, the insurance companies, companies are, are like back, are gonna Please. leave yeah exactly. they're like bye see they already went by with a hurricane yeah exactly know? so they're like who's gonna pay for a my right. nobody and then your insurance rates are gonna be astronomical yeah. and then yeah and it's, then it's a domino it's, effect it's a downward spiral yeah. it's a death spiral I Without a I, I mean, doubt. It, it sounds very ominous. Well, well, what I'm about to say, it sounds very like <laughs> obvious, but I, I just think there there obviously needs or needed to be a balance because yes, you want Miami to grow, you want the city to grow, you want the city to compete with other cities, all that is fine and dandy, but there has to be a balance, and I feel that that is one of the issues. I, I always. So, sort of say jokingly mm. that if I ran for office, yeah. my number one priority, even over climate change, yeah. would be affordable housing. Like the number one. But you're that's the complete opposite. You know why? Because they think about it, right? If you're saying like my starting point is we're gonna be underwater, then my second position is I'm not wasting time with broke people. I'm just going to get as much money as I can mm -hmm. and build a city for the richest people. We're going to have the land. The driest land is going to be for the richest people, and we're going to mm -hmm. enjoy it. Everybody who's broke, me vale verga. Yeah. That's basically how it is. Right. So no, no. Your, your starting proposition is we're underwater. Second proposition is, okay, there's a limited amount of land. Who's going to get that land? Rich people. Right. And I'm going to try to bring right. as much but, rich but, people But that's why I say it should be a balance because, <laughs> because you, you do that, and then – I always used to hear the term, you know, gentrification, gentrification. Mm. This is gentrified. And, you know, it's not until gentrification happens and you know the area before, during, and after that you're really like, shit, this is... This is real. This is real. And I think that as, you know, Miami natives, the best place you could point at is Wynwood. Wynwood? Because, yeah. because when I remember... When I was in college, so this wasn't oh, like was the hood, the actual hood, right? But this wasn't so long ago. This wasn't <laughs> this wasn't the aughts. This wasn't the two thousand. I remember Clement, Roberto Clemente, the boxing arena, yes. the boxing gym there yes. next to the park. Yes, they had no AC. 
Yeah. And like Muhammad Ali came through there one time. Yeah. The hood. And and I remember when I was in college, you know, we used to like going to like the gallery hopping on Fridays or yeah. every other Friday. Yeah. Because you know, they could live, they struggling artists can have their galleries there. And, and it felt very like bohemian. It felt very real, yeah. like very real Miami. Mm -hmm. Right. And now you go to Wynwood and it's like, yeah, it's really pretty. They have all these restaurants and it's like, it's like the new South beach. Yeah. This is not what this should be. This is, this was a place that artists ran to, to kind of, and, and now what I think is even worse is that they've moved up. From Wynwood to like Little Haiti, oh, Little and Haiti. now because because Crazy because job. like Wynwood at least you could make the argument it's like well Wynwood was run down and it was factories and warehouses and all that but Little Haiti is people's homes and so these are Alapada. they're the, going into Alapada. Alapada too these are people that have lived there for generations que la tatarabuela compró la casa and you have the original deed of the house from like you know 1918 yeah. you know like and and. When you see it that way, that's when you when you really see the human side to it. That it's kind of like shit, you know. No, but not only that, the character that yeah. the that the that the actual city brings, like Little Haiti, the area that has its own character. Like that's why you go to like all these other cities that you like. Man, this is historic. This is nice. You go to you go to like uh, the meatpacking district in like in the, in uh, in New York in Manhattan where they've kept the actual ar architecture and it looks dope and it has character. No, over here is gonna be all concrete and block and glass box. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be all glass and all concrete, yeah. but with parking with a parking base. You know, it. the it's... first ten floors are parking with retail in the bottom, and then a square tower. You and know? that's gonna be copy paste, copy paste throughout all yeah. little Haiti and any dry land because they're catering to the to the rich people who are gonna come and spend eight hundred dollars on a bag. Yeah, you know that I really <clears throat> this past year I really got to know Alapata. I, I worked. Okay, I was doing some organizing in Alapata, and I have to tell you that Alapata I, I hadn't really I can't say I had been there a lot yeah. or. Or spent a significant amount of time there. Yeah. And Alabata really is like a melting pot. It like, is. It's dope. It really, really is. Yeah. Like, it's like really Latin America, a, yeah. little, a little bit of each culture in yeah. there. And, um, and, and exactly what you said. I'm like, shit, these people are so close to like the, the, the trajectory that this is taking. Okay. It's prime location. Alabata has one of my favorite spots. It's called La Rosa. Las Rosas Bar. And also my boy has a, a, a radio station there, yeah. Joe Radio, where I do my Thursday, third Thursday shows. If y'all listening, third Thursday on Joe Radio, 8.30 at 8 p.m. Yeah. We do an, it's an internet radio station. It's there in Alapata. Yeah. It's like all these creatives and next door, there's like a gallery. Well, I love Alapata because there's this bakery called Nintin Bakery. That's a Dominican bakery. Oh, yeah, I know what you're oh my about. God. Yes, Have yes. you had the Dominican cake there? No, no, no. Oh, no. but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Everybody loves that. Song. I'm like, I mean, me encanta Santo Domingo esa vaina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, they're gonna they're gonna gentrify that shit next, yeah. man. And it's like, it's like we don't have look. The working class in South Florida does not have a champion. Your po your politician is not a champion for you. They're if anything, they're they're putting obstacles for you to live here. You know what I'm saying? They're like trying to build up obstacles to try to get you to move the fuck out. I don't know who they think is gonna like do their dishes and clean their houses and shit, but I, they're trying to actively trying to get you to move out, right? So like you just have to live off that premise and either one call your politicians to task. And say, hey, what the fuck's going on here, man? Like, or... 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Second option, sell dope. <laughs> nah, I'm just fucking around. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, you got you to gotta, you gotta hustle to even maintain it or like move out, which is, that's the third option, which a shitload of people yeah. are moving to North Carolina, to Orlando, from they're leaving South Florida and Miami because they can't afford it. But you know what? You also have to, and, and this is, again, a little bit of a shift in conversation. I think you also have to live your values, right? Because, because for example, I was, you know, I'm really into politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, in 198 episodes, everybody knows where I lean politically. <laughs> um, <laughs> no secret about that. But, you know, one of the things that, us liberals and Democrats are always talking about is like affordable housing yeah. and, you know, of a neighborhood for everybody. Yeah. And yet, for example, California, which is the most liberal state in the country with predominantly Democratic um, elected officials and yeah. liberal of, uh, elected officials, has one of the worst housing crises in the whole country. If no, it, it has the worst housing crisis. And I, I don't know if you've seen there, there's people there that are young professionals that make 70, 80, $90,000 a year. And you know what they do? They buy like an SUV or a minivan to live in it. Yeah, right? it's this thing called Not In My Backyard. That's ex- Oye, me lo sacaste de la boca. That is. was what I was about to say. Yeah. That it has one of the most restricted um, zones. Yeah. And every time they try to build something like an affordable housing Unit, development, yeah. and you're talking about like nice developments, yeah. so it's just not going to go in and throw 10 apartments yeah. there. Like nice developments, nice communities. People are like, not in my backyard. Yeah. I have to tell you that as a property owner, yeah. you know, I obviously look at yeah. the property value of my house. I wouldn't mind if down the street or whatever a housing unit, they yeah. did a housing, you know, well planned, yeah. well established, yeah. you know, that that these are the people that we're gonna help out, you yeah. know. I wouldn't mind that because you gotta live your values and 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 I and I think that that is also <laughs> one of the many problems mm-hmm. that you know that we face is that People don't live their values and they not in my backyard. No, no, yeah. no. It's in other lugar, but aquí no. Aquí no, aquí no. Like I'm all about that if you do it over there. Yeah. But not over here. Yeah. I mean it's it's a it's yeah, it's a hundred percent it's it's a fucked up situation. It's one of those situations where like you're 
you mean well. Yeah. Right. But when it actually like when the like the 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 metal meets the road, like the rubber meets the road, you're not gonna jump on that. You're because it's gonna affect you in a in what you think is gonna be a negative way. It yeah. might not even affect you negatively, no. which it probably won't aff- affect you negatively. But just the thought of that of something negative affecting you Look. is like no. Oh, yeah. I don't As even want to start. To bring it back that. to what you said, if you have a property in my or in Dade County, it's gonna flood anyway. So you know, bro, one hundred percent. Like, bro. <laughs> I tell people this all the time. They look at me like I'm crazy. Like, bro, preparada. Because, like, when it's it's a guarantee. It's not like, oh, if it's, it's not an if, it's a when. It's okay. So when. So the earth, the way that they project all this, like, two Celsius is going to be by 2050. If we don't do anything, like, bro, we're not doing anything. Okay? I'm, I'm super pessimistic about this because, oh, like, sure. uh, the United States could do everything in the world. And China's still like, yeah, go fuck yourself. And then India, la misma vaina. They're like, yeah, we don't care. We're trying to get our economy out of the out of the gutter. So we're gonna burn as much coal as we possibly right. can. So and like, stopping us. So all the recycling you're doing in Brooklyn, <laughs> so no vale ni for nada. You're saying like, so I'm super pessimistic on it. So we're gonna hit two degrees Celsius by like 2060. But right? again, you don't you you don't have to even look far. Again, Miami Beach. Miami Beach now floods. When the hell when we were kids did Miami Beach yeah. flood? Yeah, that never happened. Never. That was like once in a century type of situation. And you know what? I always say this jokingly, and I've said this, I've said this several times on the show, and I say it as a joke. But I don't know. I think there's some truth to it. Uh, you know, I grew up going to the Day County Youth Fair. Okay. Right? And you see pictures of me throughout the years when I was a kid yeah. in like sweaters and jackets at the fair. Yeah. And the fair is always in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> always yeah. in March. And now you go and you think you're gonna like pass out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's de- you've definitely felt the difference in 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 the atmosphere, like weather. But like, it's what's really gonna be the crazy shit is when it just creeps up on you. Like when the death spiral creeps up on you. Not leaving the water, the death spiral. When you go to sell your house and you can't you can't get it off your hands. When Doralzuela is literally like you can't the million dollar house ton house that you bought out there, you can't even sell it for two hundred and fifty thousand to even recoup what you when it's get to that point, that's when people are gonna be like, Oh shit, man, what are we gonna do? Like that's when people are yeah. really gonna say something. Yeah. We're, we're just talking about it right now. People are listening to it, when like, it yeah, personally affects them. When it personally affects you. I talk to like a lot of people about this and it's always like when it personally affects you, right. Jenny leaves the one who told me that she literally told me like, cause she's in PR. So I'm like, how do you get people to give a fuck about the climate change? She literally told me, she's like, you gotta, you gotta frame it in a way where it's going to hurt them mm-hmm. where it's going to. So like, I'm, so that's why I, I replied. So basically we're going to, we're, we're fucked because yeah. like until it actually, and then climate change until it, until it actually hurts you, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, and when it hurts you, it's too late. That's it. That's like, you know, nobody cared about Chinese drywall until... Yeah, until, <laughs> like, you, everybody's houses were, like, falling house. apart. And that's literally, like, gut the house. 100%. Oh, yeah, that was sort of no yeah, yeah, I, I know so many people that had the Chinese yeah, drywall. So, for listeners, if you don't know if this didn't happen in your region, <laughs> here, like, in the big proper, like, construction boom of the early 2000s, there were a lot of developers that bought... Um, 
Chinese drywall. Like yeah. they literally bought Chinese drywall and they used it to build the houses. And again, we're talking about new houses. These were houses that were built in the late nineties, yeah. uh, early two thousands. And, and what, yeah. And what happened was business, that right? these houses, the, the drywall would corrode yeah. the corrode the um like the metal like wiring yeah and it will corrode like all the metal like structure of the house so like it became a fire hazard and like a building hazard and this was such a big issue that the houses imagine replacing all the drywall in your house like yeah that's a big multiple houses no this was like a this was it was such a big problem that there was like a relief hotline for it you know and then attorneys you know how much we love attorneys attorneys kept popping up do you have Chinese drywall? You may be entitled dude. to compensation. So. And that was already too late. It was already up in your crib <laughs> where you had already had everything beautifully interiorly uh, yeah. decorated. Yeah, you were turning on the lights. You know, since then you're like, what's going on? So, oh yeah, what do you have for me? I feel that we, we've we gone uh, off a tangent here. No, man. I, I, I What I wanted to speak about a little bit, I want to touch on was, all right, so I just went through this experience, right? Um, and going through the experience... I had never really watched too much Spanish language television. Okay. Right? Um, because, like, I grew up only watching, like, Univision and Telemundo when I was, like, living in the at the crib with my parents, and they would have it on, right? Like, I wouldn't abuela. go, abuela, whatever. I wouldn't go, like, look for Cristina show or anything right. like that. So, like, recently I was staying with, uh, with a parent of mine, and we are going through some stuff. And, like, the entire time I was watching, like, Spanish media with him, right? And it, bro... It hit me like a ton of bricks that Spanish language media has zero representation of Afro Latinos, right? Oh yeah, like disgusting. It's a disgusting. It's so disgustingly done. Like, all right, so people who in the United States, first of all, let's start off with like in the United States, there's about like 62 million Latinos, right? Of the 62 million Latinos, about 25 percent of them self-identifies as Afro Latinos, right? So we're talking about a good percentage of yeah. people, right? Tell me why Disney has beat out Univision and Telemundo to have Afro-Latinos on their content. So, so over Univision I know and, and Telemundo. a little bit of Univision okay. because I've had friends and family that have worked in Univision okay. and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, you're on the money. We've had... Uh, several guests on the show just a couple of weeks ago. We had Gina Torres okay. on the show that, you know, she's Cuban and she's yeah. Afro-Latina. And that's one of the biggest things we hit on. Um, the lack of representation specifically of Afro-Latino um, in, in Spanish because not that I give a pass to the American market, yeah. but Americans like white America or America in general, Anglo, yeah. are very... Um, ambivalent and uninterested in nuance and diversity they say they are but they're not so to them if you're afro latino you're black yeah you know? i agree with you <laughs> just like there, yeah. if you speak spanish you're mexican yeah exactly, right like exactly that you yeah. know forget the 24 countries in south america and yeah. in the you know all the spanish-speaking countries in the caribbean it's just it, it, it's, it's either white simple, or black right, right? Yeah. it's one or the other if you're afro latino you're black. yeah you're black exactly <laughs> you're black. and you know forget- you know what's crazy though the funny part is that I, I mean, I grew up in the hood, all right? I grew up in ghouls, right? A lot of the African... I mean, I have a lot of black friends, a lot of African-American friends, but they wouldn't consider me black mm-hmm. because I wasn't... I'm Afro-Latino because I speak Spanish. Right. So and because I spoke Spanish, they were like, nah, you're not black, but, like, you kind of black. I right. was always... My entire time was, like, 
my entire life I was told like I was kind of black, right? But I wasn't black enough to be African American black, right? But I'm black. Well, because in I, Latin America. I think I think that so when you are Latin, yeah, we see it through a different lens. Because to me, yeah. like an Afro Latino, yeah. I see them Latin before I see them black. You see, that's I mean, exact black people same thing, but like in in. In South America, like my family's Colombian. Mm -hmm. In Colombia, there's no nuance. I'm black. That's right. it. It's not right. like, oh, you're African American. Right. But, 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 but then, then, but then in, yeah. in, um, in, in the United States. In, 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 well, but even in South America, like, yeah. again, when you're Latin, whatever color you're in, yeah. you understand that there's, you know, Afro Latino, yeah. but there's also Mestizos, indigenous, yeah. mestizo, yeah. mulatto, yeah. all this stuff. So there's it's like very mixed. Yeah. You know, when I lived in the Midwest, like I literally had to have like explanations to people oh, like about Hispanic? this. Yeah. Well, I, I've said this story several times. You know, one time a classmate of mine that was from Iowa heard me saying a name in Spanish and he's like, oh, you speak Mexican? I'm like, no, <laughs> he's it's big Spanish, Mexican. right? But, you know, as I would wow. explain to him, I'm like, there's Latin people that are blonde and blue eyed. Yeah. And then there's Latin people that are dark have dark skin and you know have textured hair like and they're everything in between yeah. and then for us add in there the indigenous component exactly right i and mean then there's... and bro just talk about the lack of representation for indigenous right. people right on, oh, on oh, spanish sure. media oh for sure but to go back to what you were saying in terms of like a big media conglomerate like yeah. univision or even telemundo you know the the large majority of hispanics in the u.s are mexican mm -hmm. so that is the that is who they cater to. Okay, right? but even if they're Mexican, there's nobody who looks authentically Mexican on their programming. They have mm -hmm. like the most white passing people on their news channels, the most white passing people in their telenovelas, the most white passing people in all of their because, shows. Because because we suffer from the same thing that I mean the rest this is the problem. My big my biggest issue really DJ is this. There's two people, there's 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 a duopoly in yeah. Spanish media. Yeah. It's Univision and Telemundo. Telemundo that's, it. that's it. And they're running the show. So the people at this, you know what's crazy? Because NBC is actually really doing really good in terms of English media diversity and equity. Mm -hmm. But Spanish media is disgustingly horrible. Yeah, like, is. so it's, it makes me say, are they doing this purposely? Or is it that these people are just really bad at their job? I, I think that they are doing it from a perspective of, from a ratings perspective and a, and a um, I call bullshit profit. On that. Profit. They're doing it from the perspective that if they're if they're doing the ratings in, if they're getting the ratings, but but also, but I don't think a lot of people are calling them out. That's what I'm saying. I'm right, calling right. bullshit. Right. On a that. lot of like, people are not calling them out. That right? It has to be. It cannot be that right now. I bro, I would put five hundred dollars on to anybody. Go on to Univision.com mm -hmm. and. Talk, just point out one Afro-Latino indigenous but, but, person but, 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 on their website. But, but Same it, thing with Telemundo. But it, it, it even goes further than that because a big part, going back to what you're saying, of this is a great topic, by the way, um, of um, of this, of our culture, are telenovelas. Yeah. Right? Telenovelas, whether you watch them or not, it's it's a big part of, of, the culture. Be, of being Hispanic, yeah. are telenovelas. And telenovelas and soap operas are not the same thing, people. Yeah. Anyway... 
Who are who are the main people in the telenovelas? White Rubia, right. leading leading even, role. Even Mexican yeah, telenovelas. Like How many White right. Rubias are and in who Mexico, are the, bro? And who are the <laughs> ones that play the poor people and the mains Always and all that? The, indig- the one indigenous dude that they have or the one right. uh, black person that they have in all the telenovelas. telenovelas, they, they don't have no shame about it. They'll put the lady in like, like yeah. indigenous clothing. 100%. Like, you 100%. know, with the braids and shit like that. And it's like, wow. Like, yeah. you look at it now yeah. as an adult because as a kid you don't necessarily but as an adult now that you understand things and you see the inequities in the world and you're like coño but that's like that's but the crazy thing is that it's 2022 bro it we're not in 1980 or 99 this is 2022 like everybody's getting wise to it like i was looking at the hollywood diversity report ucla puts out this thing called the hollywood diversity report so they talk about like all these metrics about uh film and television and they are clearly saying that diversity wins ratings. People want to see diverse diversity in both their streaming and in their films. So they're right now like Hollywood and NBC, NBC the actual English speaking side and CBS. They're like trying to bring in like as many diverse creators, directors, writers, right? Spanish media, nothing, dude. And it's this, but this is the same conglomerate, and, and, like and- NBC Universal. And that's what really pisses me off because NBC Universal is one fucking company, yeah. one umbrella. So like one side of the people who are speaking English get it. The people who speak Spanish are either a fucking apathetic, which basically makes them racist in my book, mm-hmm. or b they're fucking they just are really bad at their jobs and they're not understanding the situation. And, and I I think that with Latin culture and what we're talking about, I think even worse. Of uh, even worse than Afro Latinos are indigenous. Yeah, bro. Like the worst. They it's get like, no love. Like the, the, at the, all. Like they they are purposely and with no shame put in the bottom of the total marginalized pole. It's like, it's like and ignored. It's like we're not even making a secret about it, right? Bro, <laughs> like, there's a hundred. Okay, so like I was looking up at the the the, 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 uh, the statistics, right? So there's like 140 million people in South America that self-identify as Afro-Latino or indigenous, right? Or a mix of Afro-Latino and indigenous. That's a lot of people, bro, right? So that's a big portion of the population of South America, right? These people literally have no representation. The Oscars, they gave out an Oscar to an indigenous person playing an indigenous person like two years ago in that movie, that black yes. and white film. Yeah. I'm, so how, Roma. So tell, Roma. So tell me how Hollywood, right? White Americans are getting this, and the Latins, like the people in charge of NBC, whoever's in charge of programming. I know why. At NBC's, at Telemundo and Univision, Universal, they're they're fucking. I think horrible. it's because a lot of a lot of, especially speaking, you know, about the indigenous population, you, it's still people that. Um, that who are not being heard and yeah they either, get marginalized either, either they don't they don't have a lot of political power or they don't have a lot of um equitable power for the reasons we're talking about and nobody's listening to nobody's them nobody's telling uh, their stories no, nobody's telling their stories and nobody is including them that's why i give the example of la telenovela because yeah. la telenovela is the biggest symbol of latin culture and to and in that story you're the lowest to, to this total, day man. of 2022 same shit right the and, and we're talking about that the two biggest producers of telenovelas are mexico 
and Venezuela, yeah. which have a very large indigenous population <laughs> yeah. and a very large Afro-Latino Afro, yeah. population. It's not like Argentina. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, in Argentina, yeah. everybody says, oh, we're Italian. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all... Even Argentina has a good portion of yeah. Afro-Latino. But it's like Argentina, yeah. they're like, oh, we're not South American. Yeah. We're, we're Italian. We're Italian. We're Italian. All of, not, you know, Nazi descent. Yeah. Pero bueno. <laughs> no, I, I shouldn't say that. I take that back. Um, <laughs> I take anyway. that back. <laughs> but anyway, um, you yeah, know, man. you're talking about these countries that have this population and again they make no like till this day tú pones una novela mexicana y la criada i mean is an indigenous person and 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 worse than that not only are these characters in the indigenous actors that play yeah. these characters are like service you know service jobs and whatever yeah. not that there's anything wrong with yeah. that is that they make them sound dumb yeah On like e even the lines they yeah. give them are like they make them sound like not educated no not even not educated like analfabeto yeah. right and that's and, so, and that's bro it, it, it's 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 crazy like okay it, so it think about it if you're an indigenous person you see yourself that's your narrative told on a television that's what you think you could aspire to like yeah. you've never seen yourself in any other position and you can and, and it doesn't even allow you to aspire to something yeah. else. And these stories are being told by uh, an American company. NBC Universal is a publicly traded company, okay? Right? I, so, like, I would like to call out Luisa Torres, the director of Pilots and Alternative at Telemundo. You need to do better, Luisa Torres. Yeah. Gonzalo Campos, VP of oh, you Audience did your Development. Research. You did your research. Yeah, Gonzalo. You came with receipts. You got to do better, Gonzalo. You know what I'm saying? Like, the director of original programming, Ryan Torp. Yo, y'all need to get on top of your people at Telemundo Univision because it's 2022 and there's no diversity, there's no equity, and there's no inclusion of Afro-Latinos and indigenous people on your televisions, bro. I, I, I think that with Spanish media, when I mean media, I mean news. And that sounds pissed because I'm that, pissed. <laughs> and all that. It, 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 it's so even worse than in American culture. Everything is such in a box because, for example, if you look at Spanish news, yeah. all the women, it's not even that they're white. They all look the same. Yeah. They all have like big boobs yeah. with cleavage yeah. in a tight dress with like the straight hair. that looks like they're going clubbing. Yeah. But no, they're actually going. They're telling to, you the news. They're telling you the news, you know. So even that aesthetic yeah. is very, it's very in a box because this is to our culture but that's, what it's supposed okay, to look like so that's worse that's the problem because okay if that all right you're so you're telling me that right so that means that that aesthetic was very much detailed and picked out so that means that you detailed and picked out everything from my side of the culture right so so you're i'm not getting represented in any way shape or form telemundo what's that guy who was the the ex uh the ex-politician who became a, a anchor um uh, ¿Cómo se llama este tipo, bro? The freaking guy who used to be uh, has the same nom name as the other guy who who is brother Jose Diaz Balart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jose Diaz Balart. He's on Telemundo. Mm -hmm. Noticia. Telemundo, yeah, yeah. Te, to, no, so a white passing male, he retires or whatever the fuck he leaves, and guess what Telemundo guess does does Telemundo replaces a white passing male with another white passing male. Right, the only Afro Latino I can think of in Spanish news is one, which is Tony Andrade. 
That's the only guy. That's the only one That's I can think of. That's the only one. I mean, if there's somebody he else, I'm not thinking of. He's on Univision. Yeah. And sometimes they they put him at the end of Despierta America on a and, corner. And, and, and they don't even give him hard news. They give him, like, you know, funny little stories. Yeah. Like, little lively stories. Yeah. The, it's, it's a really big problem. And I think that when you speak to like white America or not even white America, Anglo America, that there's still so much racism within the Latin community that doesn't right. Yeah. It doesn't register with it. Like there is because they see, they see, you know, we constantly say being Latin is not a monolith. Being Mm -hmm. Latin is not a monolith. Why are we saying that? Because we're saying it to people who think it's a monolith. Yeah. Right. Like is that, so they see us all the same. There's no, no nuance. So these issues that we're talking about, you know, I'm not even trying trying to get like white America to understand it Mm -hmm. because white America is stuck in a box where they want to put everything black and white. Yeah. Even though, I mean, anybody who's taken any, history class or anything understands there's other countries right so south america has more than one country more than mexico so you're not stupid you're plain stupid so i'm not even trying to talk to you right i'm trying i'm talking to my own people to the latin people right Mm -hmm. the the director the chairman of telemundo bo ferrari that guy's fucking up right they just put this guy in charge and this is what this is what this is what comes of it right uh patsy loris same shit She's the one who's in, who who did the change between right. Jose Diaz Balart and Julio Vaquero. Yeah. So she go one one white passing male to another white passing male within your programming. Right. These are the people that you're talking to me. You're talking to my to me because I'm Afro Latino. I want to see my stories told. Yeah. I want to be able to see myself in another position outside of just being tu sirviente hijo de puta. Right. Like what's up, my dog? You want to be the leading guy. Not only do I want to <laughs> be the leading guy, I want other young Afro Latinos to be able to see. A leading Afro Latino as a in a Spanish telenovela. Yeah, of course. Like that's possible. Representation like, matters because you know what's great because cuando it's time for the uh, the World Cup, oh, you have all Afro Latino soccer players everywhere selling that image everywhere, right? When Grupo Nietzsche has his, his the the direct the 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 lead singers Afro Latino, I put them everywhere, right? For for Afro uh, for for African American month, whatever. But the rest of the time, the actual representation, like I could aspire to be a news anchor. No, that's outside of your bro. Go either kick a ball or go sing. Right. But you can't be a news anchor. Right. Or you can't be a lead in a in a right. telenovela. It's, it's a problem. It's, it's a, a problem. Huge it's problem, a problem, bro. That's yeah, uh, that's. Yes, I don't know if you heard our interview with Gina Torres. Uh, I don't know if you heard our, our interview with <laughs> her. Yeah, that, one of the things that we talked about with her was was. I mean, that was a big part of what we talked about with her because she's always been very outspoken about that. And, like, for example, she's on a show now uh, on CBS, mm. uh, Lone Star. And, yes, uh, yes, yes. And the character that she plays, it's Tommy Vega, um, is Afro-Latina. Yeah, she's, she, she's, yeah. She's Cuban. And she very much had a part in that. She's like, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to be. Now, obviously, she is able to pull that off because she's already someone who's an established actress, mm-hmm. you know. I'm sure that probably starting off, she probably wanted to do these roles, but like everything else, you know, you're working your way up and you know that, but you need voices like her to be like, this is what's up. You know, we all come in different shapes and colors and you know, and all that. So, you know, that's the funny part because she's telling this to an American audience. So I'm sure her director was a white dude and the producers another white dude. She said to quote her, to quote her, she said that when she, Talk to the producer. Yeah. Hey, I'm Afro Latina, and I this is what I want my character to be. He's like, great, let's do it. What is that? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like- <laughs> and the the Latinos who know this, they're like, no, fuck that. You're not Latin looking enough. 
Literally, that would be that. That would be that. Right, because, because it's like because what's the image of a Latin woman? Sofia Vergara. Exactly. So the it's it's crazy that the 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 Anglo and the African American community is bending over backwards to allow us to express ourselves <laughs> even more in their English speaking language uh, uh, programming. And Spanish-speaking language programming is like, nah. But it bleeds yeah, into everything. Bro. Porque mira, for example, crazy. in beauty pageants. Yes. Miss yes. Colombia, Miss Peru, exactly. Miss Mexico. Miss that, what was the, that? They, they all, nuestro, they like, all look the same. They're all white passing or whitish <sighs> yeah. with like long straight hair yeah. and all that. Which is fine and dandy, but we know that that's not the... Your, your population is more diverse than that 100%. and they send the, the girls that go to these pageants every year all they all look the same it's yeah, not like, it's same it's not like well, you know this year a white girl won yeah. but it's like the white girl always wins right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, because the only ones or the majority of the ones entering yeah. that are the white girls yeah, the because majority. a lot of I mean, in in south american beauty pageants it's very much of like they're groomed yes. like since they're very young las meten en eso yes, and all yes. that and who are usually the people that have are the coin to even do to that to do that are the people that are more affluent not your and they poor. tend to be white people right white passing right. the white population in right. colombia so it's, Venezuela, it's in a way the same privilege that we talk about privilege privilege Pero privilege it, in bro, the us all that eso ya me tiene como que digamos que like that's like okay that's ingrained in the system in south america and it's going to be really hard to handle colorism and change colorism in south america okay cool i'm still down to do that fight and to be like we need the equity in south america y por siempre like we will fight for that but this is a this is a new land bro this is the united states of america so we're we are Af first generation second generation afro latinos and mestizos and, and indigenous people who are throwing ourselves here in this country, right? And that Spanish programming in this country is the one that's still fucked up. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you want to have those throwback tropes and do all that shit? Bro, keep that in South America. You got to be forward thinking here in, in the United States. Because as for, for myself... I'm not first generation Afro Latino. I'm not dealing with that shit. You think that I'm gonna fucking spend a minute with Univision or Telemundo? Not even. I won't even spend a second or a fraction of my time viewing anything that even if they put something out brand new that's catered for me, like a Spanish English type of thing, like no, go fuck yourself. Cause I already know that the fucking leading character is gonna be some white boy who are white passing Latino, and the second character is gonna be another white passing girl. And me, I might be like the dude que está limpiando los 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 cuartos over there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, that's why, like, this is the new landscape, dude. Don't come to me with that old crappy trope. They have the, they have the ability of making changes. They have more than the ability they have, they because have, they, they have NBC Universal yeah, yeah. and they're back. Yeah, they, they, they can. Um, Will they? I, I, I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to profits. And if, if they need to be called on, on it, um, and, but also I think that, we, we we're sort of living and and this is one of the positives that i see in in the time we're at yeah. is that we are living in a time now where these things are being called out yeah right because for so long you know 
for so long, you know, things that were rightfully called out was like racism of black and white, racism, yeah. you know, and misogyny and exactly. things, sexism, even homophobia, which are obviously those are like super blatant the, and right, aggressive. These, these are things that have to be called out and continue to be called out. But I do think that we're in a time now where these more nuanced issues that are just as important are being called out yeah. because even the term Afro-Latino who used that term 20 yeah. years ago yeah. and now it's a term that we have we're more familiar with because yeah. there have been people you know like you and like yeah. you know very high profile people that have put that in the forefront yeah. and and are, these are conversations that we're having yeah. so i mean i would like to I would like to think that we're moving in the right direction. Obviously, not at the speed that it should be. Not you know, Spanish speaking media. Uh, yeah, but but but, but 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 Spanish speaking media this is so, so stuck in old. World, it is. Bro. It is, and I also think, and this is a bit of a different subject. Yeah, but it is and it isn't. I think that as somebody who is Latin, yeah, but you know, we're 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 two things, right? Yeah. We're both Latin, but we're we're raised American in the US, too. so we're American, exactly. right? So we can see the perspective. We could be an outsider looking in uh-huh. because from both. from both, right? I sometimes watch again Univision and Telemundo and all yeah. that. And this is this is not necessarily a race issue. Yeah. But I see how like commercials are and all that, and they talk to the audience like if they were dumb. Like I compare it to, I compare it to like American media and American commercials. That's a little bit more intelligent. And I'm like, I feel that like this is geared as a whole. Yeah. You know, no, we're talking about the Latin community. Exactly. The Latin community as a monolith, right? As a whole to like, they're really making it very rudimentary why lowest common denominator exactly why why are these commercials and these you know the the quality of media in 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 spanish um tv versus english tv is is way less that's why i feel that whenever like a a um a show or whatever comes out in in spanish media that's like good quote unquote people are like mind oh my god did you see how good that is i'm like that's good but it's not any better than any other show you not only that but the vast majority of their supposedly good shit is just like a copy of the english version right 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 right? and people are like oh my god this is amazing and i'm like but is it is it and just the way they talk to us and again we could see it that way because we are also american right but i look at it and i'm like what but that's exactly why i say like they're just falling behind so drastically yeah. Yeah. because they're stuck in this old throwback right so bo ferrari he's stuck in this old throwback world where it's like this is what has worked forever and it's gonna work with these people but he's not counting people like me and you into the equation which every day we grow in numbers like we're no longer our, our grandparents or our parents like we grew up here in the United States, so yeah, we could the, definitely see same, the difference. Same conversation that we're having, I had with my parents like a year ago. For real? And I told them, I told them, para que tú nunca has visto a alguien de color, yeah. de protagonista en una novela. Yeah. Quien in the 80s who was it? Lucia Mendes and Veronica Castro. Yeah. Veronica Castro that has blue yeah, eyes, exactly. and Lucia Mendes that it couldn't be more white passing, <laughs> right? And then, you know... I, I named other people yeah. like men too. I'm like, yeah. they're all white. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm like, have you ever seen yeah. una, una persona de color como la protagonista? Yeah. Now, I don't care about the cast. I'm talking about la protagonista, yeah, you know, the lead. And, and they were like, nah. They're like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, because it's so ingrained in us that 
unless you have a moment of clarity yeah. like that you're like shit like uh-huh. like yo what's up dude? yeah it's so ingrained and it's so normalized yeah. that you don't even you don't even you don't even consider it yeah it's you not even consider, something it, you it think doesn't about. register in your head it doesn't and register if, you're, if no afro latinos or indigenous people say nothing say que así la misma yeah. cosa forever and there will be never ever ever no change yeah. like the entire board of of directors for telemundo are they're all white dudes yeah. or like literally like a whole bunch of white people on the board. Like I, I go, I went through the board because they're publicly traded. So I'm looking through the board of Telemundo. Nothing but like white passing um, uh, males and and maybe a couple females. And I'm like, no wonder. Like my story isn't even considered. Like they don't even talk about this in the boardroom. Look, like the, I'm not in there. The There's whole nobody board, there to the represent whole me. Board issue that you're coming up with is, is still a problem, and and it's a very big problem. And I feel it's not something that we talk about because when we talk about inclusion and all that yeah. we talk about um media that is More visual things exactly yeah. we're on the same yeah, wavelength exactly. that are visual nobody ever stops to think who is the board of Univision? yeah who is the board of disney nobody really stops to think about that the perfect example that i have and one time i i, I see it every time i go there but one time i took a video of it and I put it on my Instagram stories. Yeah. When you go to South Miami Hospital. Okay. Okay. And we're talking about Miami. Yeah, yeah, melting yeah. pot here. Melting pot. South right. Florida. Um, when you go to South Miami Hospital, where the elevator bay is, yeah. across the wall across the elevators, it has the board of directors of South Miami Hospital. I was like, I took, I panned and yeah, I took yeah, a picture. Yeah, yeah. So it's like 30 people. Yeah. So there's like two women, two white women, and like one black guy. <laughs> and everybody yeah. else is white. <laughs> And when I mean white, I mean like white, like white, like Anglo, white yeah, Anglo. And yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm really happy that this board is representative of, yeah. you know, the diversity that it's is representative the... of people who, who want that money. I don't know. Especially like... like a hospital that's like a community service. Right. And I look at it, I'm like, wow, like. There's no diversity, equity, inclusion in, in boardrooms. There isn't. There you really know, isn't. You know, that's something that like. I don't think a lot of people stop to think about that and because you, it's not visual and they're the and ones who have all the power. The thing, they have all the power and on top of this, it's like one of those situations where like these are things that are like more detailed that the average individual when they think of a company doesn't doesn't consider, right? They might think CEO, right? CEOs like running day to day, making sure that the company doesn't run out of money. Yeah. The people who are like setting the narrative are and the charting board. the course is the board. Is the, the board. board and like and if your board is just like a bunch of white passing males, like the, these conversations are never even going to be had because like no way in hell is anybody who's working for one of these people going to put these conversations in their world right. because that's how that works, right? right. So they're not even going to present this conversation to them because they would get fired. Like, why are you wasting my time with shit, right? right. But the rest of the world, everybody else is clamoring for these conversations mm-hmm. to be had. So like the board of directors at Unimision, at Telemundo, they need to take this into consideration and be like, yeah, bro, this is 2022. There's a whole nother demographic that we're completely ignoring. And within that demographic, there's a bunch of like Afro indigenous people right. who have to be represented <laughs> on screen. I, I think... Again, it's still going way too slow, uh, but I think we're. But you're right, and it, it, I'm I'm now talking about the Anglo market and Anglo media. Yeah. I think it's going in the right direction because I think that now when Latin stories are being told, whatever yeah. Latin story it is, 
it is more authentic because you have producers and showrunners and writers Not that 100%. are Latin. Whereas before, it was like, oh, let's include a Latin character that's going to come in and say, wow, that's very caliente. Yeah. Or hola, people. Yeah. You know, and now it's they're trying for it to be authentic and it's coming from authentic point of views. And, you know, Encanto yeah, is, is a great ex yeah, Encanto, example bro. of it. Encanto is a great movie, bro. Bunch of Afro Latin. That's a, based in yeah. Colombia. When I saw that movie, bro, you don't understand how how orgulloso I was of that. That's like, bro, they're showing Afro-Latinos and indigenous people on a Disney movie. Like, And what I loved on, about dog. it, to the Colombian aspect, that it was Colombian. Colombian, yeah. It wasn't like generic Latin. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to speak some Espanol no, no, no. and it have a few like, yeah. lines and a song in Spanish and Espanol. Yeah. No, this was distinctly Colombian. Colombian. 100%. Carlos like, Vives singing the song. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, that was so inclusive and awesome. And I'm like, bro, Disney is doing this and Telemundo and Univision don't, it doesn't even register for them. Mm -hmm. It's funny, the other day I was watching Despierta America and they're talking about all the the, the movie uh, Encanto and the diversity on it and everybody who's talking about it is all white passing people. Yeah. I'm like, does this like, is this going over their heads completely mm -hmm. or are they do, or is this a sadistic joke mm -hmm. that is like, ha ha ha, I we're think, never I, gonna... I think to a lot of them it goes over, it passes. Again, it's so ingrained in our culture so that like this conversation that you and I are having, yeah. I bet you we speak to a lot of people in our culture about this. They're going to be like, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. Que todas las protagonistas son rubia. Yeah. <laughs> todas las protagonistas, todas las freaking, all the anchors, all the anchors, all the journalists, uh, all the people are hosts. Yeah. Literally, all the hosts, like, of any reality show. It's like, damn, Daniel. You, think like of, think of figure, Saudo bro. Gigante, all the models. Legit. So, <laughs> the only, bro, Amara the Negra was on yeah. Saudo Gigante. Yeah. And in her story, she was telling the story. She was like, she was the only black face. Yeah. We, you know, we had her on the show. Yeah. 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 And, and that's one of the things we talked to her the about. Only black face. And yeah. Saudo Gigante. But you know what? But even with, with and, 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 you know, these are conversations I love to have. That's but funny. I also don't, you know, I also understand that I don't want to take the space of someone else yeah. who could talk because yeah. obviously I can't talk from the point of view yeah, of an yeah, Afro-Latino, yeah. yeah. right? But I could call it out yeah. and, and I know it's a problem. You have eyes. You know, yes. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I, you know, I talked to her about uh, when we interviewed her uh -huh. and um, is that she's gotten a lot of shit from the African-American community. Like, be, with the whole Afro-Latina thing. Like, yeah. I love... My favorite show that I watch is The Breakfast Club. Okay. You know? Yeah, um, Charlamagne the God. Charlamagne the God, yeah. Angela Yee, yeah. and DJ Envy. I freaking love them. Yeah. And I remember when she went on there, like, they, she got a little bit of a pushback from mm -hmm. them. Because yeah. they were like, oh, but are you Latin or are you black? Are you Latin or are you black? And I think that for us, it's very like, well, yeah, like, she's a black Latina. like. Yeah. Like, okay, duh. Like, yeah, no brainer. But I feel that again, it's like you're either up the boxes again, boxes. It's like, what do you mean you're black and Latina? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, earlier when I was telling you, like, I growing up in ghouls, all my black friends never considered me black. They were like, no, you're you're Latino, you're Hispanic because you speak Spanish. But I'm like, yo, Pero tú tienes una mezcla también. yeah, because you could also pass by like Asian, Pacific, Asian, Pacific, Pacific. I've gotten that though, yeah. I've gotten like Tahitian and everything. Yeah. But, I mean, my grandmother was indigenous, mm -hmm. and my mother's Afro-Latina, 100%. But that's why we say that with us, it's white, yeah, it's, like it's a mix. black, and it's indigenous. Yes. So there's an extra element yeah. in there's there. There's an extra element that throws you <laughs> off. So I guess maybe that's what they told me. Like, I'm yeah. not like, but, like, 
those those situations our like, cazuela has more stuff in it <laughs> yeah my sazon but like these people bro all i know is that like being here a first gener and seeing how i'm being spoken to by the supposed dual dualopoly of spanish media it to me is disgusting it's just like come on bro this need to change right and and nobody calls it out. I, I wanted to call it out because it's been on my chest for a minute and I've been looking up the stats. The statistics like speak for themselves, bro. Diversity and inclusion is boosting ratings left and right. Why you think you see all these black people and African Americans and Latinos everywhere now on Spanish on English speaking media on HBO new shows? Euphoria has a brand new show. The the lead of it, the girl is a girl. She's like uh she looks like una mulata, like a Latin girl. Like is it Daya? Yeah. yeah, like straight up, like all of this, all of this in English side, but the Spanish side is just like ignorant to it. So that it makes me piss. Right. And secondly, like, it's just like when, because it's one of these situations where you feel like, okay, somebody is going to do something at some point, but it's always like when, and when, who's going to break that yoke, who's going to break, break, basically it's the throwback tropes that they bring from south america when are they gonna say okay this is let's speak to the new first gener latin who spoke speaks english so i could watch una telenovela and i could watch a a, a, a fucking good and show we, we you know we live uh we live in a time now of like you know every time i hear somebody say oh the first yeah fill in the blank it's like I, it's like a double-edged sword because it's like on the one hand, yes, it's great that this person is the first. Yeah. Like today, you know, this week, Ketanji Brown Jackson, first. the first female, you know, African American on the Supreme Court. Yay, that's great. But it's like, but this has been around for over two hundred years. Exactly. Like, like, like and now we're getting like, the first. So it's like a double-edged sword. So that. when I hear the first, this, I'm like, that's great. Great. That's a round of applause. Yes, Great. Yes. But it's like, really? Did it ha- did it really have to take this long? Univision had Ilya Campos uh, be the first a- African-American. She's from El Choco, right? Mm-hmm. But it was, it was in 2020. Mm-hmm. It was after Jorge Campos called out his <laughs> own. He called out Univision. You yeah. know that, right? Yeah. He called them out like, yo, there's no representation. So they brought on Ilya yeah. Campos. And and and, and you know I that. think it's interesting, and, and so especially funny. in terms of media, and specifically Colombians, yeah. is that and and I'm I'm referring to journalism. Aren't Colombians supposed to be the the people who speak the most perfect Spanish? Supposedly, that I've always say, heard that yeah, that like Colombian that. Spanish. I forget if it's Colombian Spanish in general because obviously Colombia has a lot of regionalism. Yeah, um, <clears throat> that it's like the most perfect form of Spanish, like. The prop, like proper, proper Spanish. Spanish. The, it's, you know what? I agree with that, but it also what it what it what I the what I what I've seen is that it's actually like the most understood universally, because when somebody in, speaks in Colombian Spanish, even if you're from Argentina or from Nicaragua or from Mexico, everybody understands what that person said, mm-hmm. right? Other dialects from other countries. Like if you're speaking to a Dominican, you might not necessarily even understand what he's saying. I think that 
and I'll, I'll here use the Caribbean trilogy, as I always say. Cuban, Caribbean c- Cubans, Puerto Ricans, and Dominicans. Yeah. Like, we, like, our, our mission is to destroy the Spanish so language. Because I think we're always trying to top each other, like, who messes it up more? No, because Dominicans like, win, though. You, you think so? 100%. Because you know why Dominicans are winning? We because, call a bus Wawa. Yeah, but the thing is that Dominicans are incorporating English words into their Spanish, yeah. into their everyday Spanish. Yeah. Like, everyday urban English words, not like even like regular English words. So they're taking like hood hood language and putting it into the hood language of, of Dominicans. So I want to hear them talk. It's just like a mash of all these words. And it's like, holy shit, how do you understand mm-hmm. what you're saying? Yeah, with Dominicans, it's interesting because like, I believe that there's more Dominicans in Washington Heights Facts. than in La, in Santo Domingo. 100%. Right? Bro. So it, it, in New York City, that Dominicans are the number one Latins represented. Yeah. Yeah. The entire of New York yeah. City, all five. Yeah, no, but the three of us, like you, <laughs> like the when I hear again, like Colombian yeah. Spanish, because I've had a lot of Colombian friends yeah. and colleagues that I'm like, hi, look at them speaking all that pretty Spanish. And yeah. here I am saying like, guagua y tapiadora y microwave and like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my god, La troca. yeah, so that like. <laughs> Cubans, more recent Cubans that have come in like the last 20 years speak even worse. Bro, recent Cubans, when I talk to the recent Cubans that I just got in here and I speak to them in Spanish, I always have to tell them to slow down. That's one thing that I always have. Like, Cubans that have been here for a while, they'll talk to you slower than recent just arrived Cubans. They'll talk in Spanish, but a million, dog. Like, every word's like if it's fighting the next word to come out. And that's really, it's hard for me to understand, yeah. especially when they use a lot of slang. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I'm really happy you brought up that topic because that's a, that's a, that's a great topic. That's something that we've, we've throughout our, our seasons, we've touched upon. That's why we've tried every time we've had an Afro Latino guest, we, we always hit on that subject yeah. because <clears throat> again, we can talk about it and call yeah. it out. But when somebody who is calls it out, it's, yeah. it's from a real perspective. So yeah, man, I appreciate so. you for, for letting me use the, the, the time to get that off my chest because yeah. like, well, that's something that see Mithao molestando. No, like that's that's a great percent, that's a great irrelevant topic. So, oh yeah, we could be here like another hour, but we've reached soda time. Soda, soda time. You know, we give our last sodas. So, soda. mine is gonna be quick and easy. I'm gonna give it to you. You know, okay. You've been a friend of the podcast. You know, when I when Ish uh, bowed out this week, mm. you know, we called you up. You've been going through some things, and you know, I really appreciate you coming here, and you know. We love you, man. You, you you know you're one of our favorites. Thank you, know? you man. I appreciate you're one of our that, favorites. Bro. So when when I wanted a co-host for this episode, I was like, I want I want Darwin because Darwin and I, you know, we have a vibe. You know, sure, Darwin man. is a mood. Dar- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, but you, I always say this about you. Like I remember when you were on our show the first season. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you recall. After we stopped recording, because we interviewed you, so it was a shorter sex yeah. uh, segment. You and I were like talking for like hours. Yeah, after, yeah, we talked for know? a long ass And I was like, shit, I like it. Because that was the first time I met you. I'm like, shit, I really like this guy because it's not everybody I, you know, yeah, gel with. Because yeah. most people, I'm like, oh, you fucking suck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, whatever, you know. Or once but I get to suck, know them, yeah. I'm like, oh, you're whatever. an idiot. <laughs> so, you know, my, my last soda goes to you. So, thank you know, you, again, man. thank you. I appreciate thank you. that. Thank so. you for, for, for inviting me and. And let me throw that out, man. Of course, of course. So, do you have a soda? Oh, I get a soda too. Yes. Oh, that's you, what's you, up. Yeah. So my last soda, I give it up. Remember, you're co-host, so this is your show this week. Oh shit, yeah. that's true. I did. I mean, I didn't know if you were gonna give me one soda. Right? No, I gave La, you a soda, but you get to give one out too. Mi última soda, I give out to um, 
Miss Jackson for getting on to the Supreme Court, yeah. man. That's Amazing. a big, that's a big, big, big. Uh, and she's from Miami. And she's from Miami. Uh, her mom was the principal at um, New World School of mm-hmm. Arts for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, man, that's a big representation for like African American people, for women in general, uh, but African American women mm-hmm. who really are. Are a subgenre, like a subculture amongst themselves. There's a right? little girl out there right now that can look at, up at yeah. her and be like, if she did it, I can do exactly, it. Exactly, bro. Yeah. That's like, that's I what it's all about. In her. I could see myself there because I saw that person there. Mm-hmm. And that's always hard to like imagine. So, like, it is very hard to imagine. Yeah. It's very hard to imagine because I remember as a kid, I used to, that's why when, when you hear people say, oh, you need to, to representation matters and you need to see yourself in other people, you have to think back of when you were a kid. I remember mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I used to watch, you know, American sitcoms. You know, and again, I'm a white guy, you know, I'm Cuban, you yeah. know, born in Cuba, but you know, I, I yeah. present white, you yeah, know, yeah, so, so um, white. and, and I would see these American sitcoms mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is not me. Like, yeah. Like, we don't have meatloaf for dinner. <laughs> like, we don't, you know, my parents. We don't, don't get allowances. Um, we don't get, exactly, exactly. Oh, my that. God, yes. I'm like, I always what's an like, allowance? Exactly. My parents don't sit me down and be like, Darying, let's talk about what your feelings and what exactly. you did wrong. I'm like, no. Like, I would have gotten that chancleta thrown at me already. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when, so, and, and we're talking about, like, small, trivial stuff, yeah. right? We're not talking about real, like, important things. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's like when you, you don't see yourself in whatever it, mm-hmm. it may be, it's a problem. Yeah, it's a, it's a, problem. It's a problem. And and I think that, again, she's the first, but it's like, man. <laughs> it should have been done a long <laughs> time ago. It took so long. Like, 2022, know. bro. Yeah. It took... Till 2022. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that she's a woman because I, I, you know, racism is such a problem, but I think misogyny and sexism oh. with positions of power, it's arguably, I don't want to say a bigger problem because you know, racism is a, yeah. is a huge problem, but that's, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. That's a huge problem. And having to go through both those adversities throughout your entire life and then come out on top and be a judge. And not only be a judge, but be a badass judge mm-hmm. in like every single facet of being a judge because she like literally did it all what, and then get on to the Supreme what, Court. What I loved about her is also that she did defense. She did everything. She did defense. And, she did and you defense. know, I've. I've always, I've always said I, I believe in defense. I did defense for many years. And, um, you know, as I always tell people, in order for laws to work, it has to work for everybody equally, even the guilty. Yeah. So they need to be defended. I mean, that's a, you know what? That's a big, that's a big, 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 big deal. And I feel kind of like we're heading into a direction. This is a crazy, a little off topic, but like we're heading in a direction where I feel like the people being the, the defenders are now being canceled. Right. Oh so yeah. Like, it, the guy who defended uh, Her- Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. He got canceled by Harvard. Yeah. Like, what the That's fuck a problem. is that about? That's dude? a problem. Because you need... It's in the Constitution, people. It's in the Constitution. Everybody you gets need to a be de- defense. To get defense. Even if you're Defended. a horrible person. Even if you're a because, horrible because person. Because people always tell me, like, oh, but will you defend a child rapist? Well, I don't want to defend a child rapist. And I but think he a child, def- serves a defense. I think the child rapist is a terrible human being that yes. probably should spend the rest of their life in jail, right? 100%. And out of society. But you know what? Cases, cases to, are yeah. more are more nuanced than that because how was the evidence collected? Did the police do anything wrong with the, their search and seizure? Was there a proper warrant? And these are all things that it's like 
need to be in effect, not because you're defending this person, but el día que te toca a ti, again, exactly. when we were talking about climate change, the exactly. day it, but it hits you, right? You want that warrant to be done correctly. Exactly. You want that cop to be stop you in a rightful legal way, exactly. right? When it refers to you. So and in order for like, it to apply to you, it has to apply to everybody equally. It's crazy, man. And that cancel to, culture has, 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 has even affected that side. And yeah. she did that. And now she's on the on the on the bench, bro. Yeah, so, so like, yeah, she definitely. Great, great day. La so, yeah. So anyway, oh yeah, tell tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh you could holla at me at Fresher Fresh, Fresh with a F and then Fresh with a PH. I know it's super crazy. Um Fresh or Fresh and at Kewala Podcast. Um at Kewala Podcast on Spotify and everywhere you get your podcast. And also on third Thursdays. Every third Thursday at 8 p.m. on Jolt Radio. Just joltradio.org. It's an internet radio station. You can check them out all the time. They have really dope stuff. Um, they have Democracy Now! all day playing every day in the morning. And then they go into like dope like little shows. And our show is on a third Thursday. It's called Strange Waves. And check it out because this guy, I mean, if you enjoyed him on here when he's like mm. a full on, you know, unleashed, um, he's pretty awesome. So thank you, man. Um, everybody, we hope you listened, laughed, and learned. That was a lot we packed in. And yeah, we, we had did. some good convos here. That was a lot we packed in our show. We hope you listened, laughed, and learned. And as always, remember to grab your croqueta, your pastelito, and your cafecito. And thank you for joining us, everybody. Have a great weekend. And we're almost at 200. So have a good one, everyone. Bye. Peace. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano. Produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.